This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and we got an email here to go over today. I like this guy. I like the name that he chose for himself. Some of you guys are actually doing some of the heavy lifting for me by actually telling me what name you would like for me to use on the podcast. I actually appreciate that because sometimes I'm like Googling, you know, redneck names or just crazy names in general. This guy did the heavy lifting for me, so I appreciate that. And so this guy's name is going to be Homer. This is what he asked for. I like Homer. I like The Simpsons. I thought it was a good show back in the day. Funny thing, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. It was it was a bad show back in the day uh, <laughs> compared to what you see on TV today. I mean, I think it's kind of like you can raise a three-year-old on The Simpsons today. But anyways, though, bourbon of choice, man. I've never tried this one before. It's called Two Stars, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Jefferson County, Louisville, Kentucky. It is 43% alcohol. 86 proof, distilled and aged and bottled by the Queen Springs Distilling Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Never tried it, man. Now, if you guys remember from last week's episode, I tried that uh, corkscrew, that peanut butter corks, no, peanut butter screwball is what it was called. Man, let me tell you, that was the most disgusting stuff. Now, somebody left a comment on one of the uh, podcast platforms, and I can't remember which one it was. He's like, oh, you got to get it very cold before you try it. Well, I don't do that with any of my bourbons. You can't just like chill a bourbon. That's not how it really works. I mean, you put an ice cube in it and you can have it on the rocks, but but no, I, I don't think you actually like chill it up front. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe there's some of you guys out there that does it. That's fine, but uh, I I don't do it. This this two stars. I got high hopes for it. Somebody told me that it was pretty good. Actually, it was my brother that told me. Yeah, I think you're gonna like this this two star thing. It might be one of the better ones that you've tried of late. So let's hope it is. So cheers to that. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I'm using a big ice cube on it. I wasn't ready to go neat on it tonight. I just wasn't in the mood for that. Any case, though, no, it's not too bad. It'll get probably diluted a little bit more as I do this podcast. But overall, it's pretty good, pretty good bourbon. It's like uh, it's like really nice and smooth. Has a little bit of a, a bite to it after you swallow. After you know a few seconds pass, you feel it go down the pipes a little bit. There, I know when I talk about bourbon, I'm not talking as if I'm like some kind of uh, expert in the field. I'm just telling you how it tastes. I think it tastes pretty good. Two stars, not too bad. I like it. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this email. He says, good morning, Ryan. Thank you for your reply to my email on SharePoint. He actually sent me an email asking me, I guess he went through the contact me form where he asks, hey, where do I actually send my email to? And I just told him, you know, Ryan at SharePointer.com. You can send it to there and you'll get uh, get it straight to me and I'll look at it and decide whether or not to put it on air. Most of them I do. So uh, please refer to me as Homer on the episode if I can request my code name. He actually says it's so nice that he used one of those little smiley face things, but not like with like the, the parentheses, but with a P. So it looks like it's like the sideways smiley face, but sticking a tongue out. One of those guys. I auto-download all your episodes. This guy's off to a great start, and I enjoy your content even better. 
delivery and attitude. I'm glad you like the delivery and the attitude. Uh, I feel like I can let loose a lot more on the podcast than I can on any other platform. He says, I get tired of hearing market reviews from most channels and prefer to hear about strategy with a mindset. And I agree. I think sometimes uh, the market reviews, I don't know how people do it on a podcast, quite honestly. I mean, I talk about mostly evergreen things. And when I talk about evergreen, it's like stuff that you can listen to 10 years from now and it's still relevant. Uh, But I mean, during the height of the pandemic and stuff, I did focus a little bit more on the market reviews because I think that was such a pressing matter on the mind. I don't know if anybody even had the capacity at the time to, to think about strategy. So I tried to do a little bit more back then. But Overall, the podcast tries to focus more towards strategy and mindset. He says, I look forward to continuing my learning from you in the future. Here's the situation. I'm into LCA for $4,000, and it's a long-term swing trade until merger day. Uh, LCA is Lancadia Holdings. And daggone it, if I didn't have to pull up my, my charting platform to be able to find that out. I've never traded it before, Lancadia. Pretty sure I haven't. Uh, the price history that I have for it only goes back to 2019 of June. It's one of those SPACs. And if you don't know what a SPAC is, it's one of those things I keep seeing popping up. I've never invested in them or traded in them before, but I guess it's called a uh, special purpose acquisition company. I'm seeing a lot of memes on them lately where they're making jokes about them. Um, I'm not too knowledgeable in the area of SPACs. If you were to type it into Google, you would get an Investopedia definition that says it is a company with no commercial operations that is formed strictly to raise capital through an initial public offering IPO for the purpose of acquiring an existing company known as a blank check companies. SPACs have been around for decades. So it's not like it's a new thing. They've been around. I just think they're becoming a lot more popular these days. It sounds a little bit gimmicky to me in terms of like the overall concept in the sense that people aren't necessarily trying to create a company to to create a a good business product or anything. They're just trying to acquire another company, right, by raising a bunch of capital. I guess it's kind of like what us traders do, right? Except we're using our capital unless you're a hedge fund. Uh, But for us retail traders, at least, we're using our capital to acquire shares in another company. So maybe we're all the same, right? By the way, as this uh, drink continues to loot, it's not bad. It's it's, a... Taking on some different flavors, so I, I like it. I mean, as the ice cube continues to dilute, that is. So in any case, he's an LCA. He wants to hold on to it long-term until the merger day. Not sure if, about your feelings on SPACs. I'm kind of indifferent to them. I don't know you know, whether they're good or bad. I'm looking at the chart on LCA. It's gone as high as 17 uh, twice now, and it's pulled back all the way to 12 ever since it popped from, I'm guessing that's the merger news, right? Uh, but on your, you're waiting until merger day to actually close out the trade. Um, it's already a winning trade, but the plan was always to hold until the pop on merger day. Due to the nature of SPACs, SPAC, um, whatever they call them, is that the correct name? Again, I'm not I'm not very knowledgeable on SPACs. And that's the thing about this podcast. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert in all things. I'm kind of an expert in trading. Uh, but this is interesting, though. People, people can probably learn from this, and I'm trying to learn from this email, too. Historically, we should have a nice pop on the day of the ticker change to Golden Nuggets Online. Golden Nugget Online, is that like a uh, really good chicken tendy or is that a uh, something something different because if it's chicken tendies i'm all in if they're merging with a company that's making chicken tendies i'm all there guys i'm really struggling with formulating a specific plan to maximize the profit potential on the big day because it's a spac we can't really use the historical chart data to estimate the volatility on the day of the pop my biggest concern is to get stopped out on merger day because it's too tight okay that that's a legitimate concern uh because news can can really do some crazy things so how does one calculate on average how to give a position of breathing room so that you don't stop out and keep adjusting the safety net as it climbs while getting the highest odds to hit the true downturn on the trade after the record daily high? I have heard of using three bearish candles, 10 
pip cushion. By the way, calculating pips is confusing. I don't calculate pips. Uh, and I'll get into stops here in a second. But also, obviously, the time frame the chart is being viewed will be very important as well. I appreciate your insight into this matter. Sincerely, Homer. Don't! All right, so there's a lot to unpack here. Essentially, what, what Homer's asking here is this, how do I maximize the profit potential while also guarding the risk? He wants to basically squeeze this thing for as much profit as there is. Now, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. But there's no way to know if you're going to maximize the profit potential. If that was the case, it'd already be priced into the stock. Everybody would know it. Everybody would take full advantage of it. The problem is, is you don't know until after the fact what it actually did once the merger day happened. If you're expecting a big pop on the merger day, that's great. But to the extent, nobody really knows. And if there's a lot of people that are already bought in expecting that pop, there's a possibility that it could sell on the news. Because ultimately, the market does whatever it wants. It doesn't care about you or me or anybody else. So what I have to weed out of this email is the fact that it's a SPAC. It's a, for me, it's a chart. He's trying to mix the trading in with some fundamental stuff, big news events. He's wanting to maximize the gains. Now, he's already up on it. If I'm guessing, maybe he was in it before the news came out. So he's he's got some decent gains there. Maybe he got in on that dip back in early August. I'm guessing here, okay? But he says he's already up well on the trade. That's good. But you can't, in my opinion, you can't sacrifice the gains that you already have or risk the gains that they, you already have, especially if they're sizable, for the possibility of future gains completely. So if you're unsure or if you're a little bit nervous, that's where maybe taking a little bit off the table is a good thing because you know, okay, if this thing goes from 15 back down to 12 or to 11 again, and then I don't get the pop that I want out of the trade, that's okay. At least I know that I walked away with some partial profits that were pretty sizable, and I still came away with some smaller profits later on. Clearly, it's got this range that's going from about 17 to 12 over the last couple months. That's a very volatile range. It's going straight up, straight down, straight right back up. And now it's pulling back a little bit from 17 to 15. But I've talked about this some of my YouTube videos too of late. A lot of people are caught up on what is Apple doing? What is Tesla doing? They're like, oh man, Apple's up 35% since they announced their stock split. Tesla is up some ungodly 76% or so, I believe. And everybody's focused on that. But you don't have to hit the 70% trades and the 40% trades or the 35% trades to be successful in the stock market. And I think a lot of times when we get hung up on like LCA, right? It's like, oh, I got to hold it till murder day. You're, you're putting an expectation on the stock market of what it has to do for you without considering the fact maybe the stock market isn't going to do for you what you think it should do for you. And again, I don't have a lot of experience dealing with trades that are in the middle of a merger once they get acquired or once there's a merger going on i usually stay out of it for the most part i know a company that i used to work for harris corporation merged with l3 communications and this was like decades ago that i worked for them but anyways they they um they merged together and they didn't do too bad after they merged so um but yeah i'm, I'm not really targeting stocks that are going through mergers or being acquired but I can follow a chart and tell you this. LCA is volatile. It's going all over the place here. So you have to manage the risk, even if you plan on holding through merger day, but you have to put in a contingency plan for what if it doesn't follow your plan? Because right now you're telling the market what it has to do. And, and Homer is saying, hey, look, I want to hold it this long and I want to take advantage of the pop. And not only do I want to take advantage of the pop, but I want to get it out at the very top. You can't really do that. It's not really possible to get out of the top of any stock. And when you take that strategy of I got to get in at the bottom and I got to get out at the top, well, what that ends up happening is you end up taking big losses. 
because right now you have all these people piling into Apple. They want to get in and they want to ride this, you know, FOMO wave all the way up to as high as it's ever going to get and then get out. I've already got people saying, well, this is a trade for the next 10 years. I'm going to hold it. Well, that's a horrible entry price to be getting in after it's just made a 35% move in like less than a month on a $2 trillion stock. Maybe wait for a pullback. That, I mean, I got a long-term account and on my long-term accounts, I'm waiting for pullbacks right now. I'm not trying to get into Apple at this price or Tesla at, at its price. You wait for pullbacks. That's what you got to do. Buy low, sell high. It kind of goes out the window. Once people get caught up in FOMO, there's no patience at this point. They're too fearful of missing out. There's people calling me, texting me every day. Is like, I got to get into this. I got to get into this. But you don't have to. Because you know what's crazy? You get those stocks that are going sky high, and that's where all the media and, and hype is being focused at. You got stocks all over the place that are going straight up as well. Take NVIDIA, for example. Probably more bullish than Apple has ever been. NVIDIA has gone from a low of sub 200 back in March to $552. I mean, if this thing just keeps going up, but yet nobody talks about NVIDIA. Everybody talks about Apple and Tesla, but NVIDIA is crazy right now. And I don't think you should get an NVIDIA either. I think you got to wait for a pullback on that. And there will be pullbacks in these stocks. Guys, if it goes up to 700 and pulls back to 500 on Apple, at least you're getting in on a pullback here, right? You don't have to go through the anguish of the stock pulling back and you wondering whether or not you need to get out for a loss and, and just chalk it up as another loss. No, you're getting in on the pullback rather than having to endure the pullback. So back to Homer here. He's into LCA. He's got $4,000. It's a long-term swing until merger day. For me personally, as it always pertains to the stock market, I manage the risk and I let the market do what it wants within those parameters. Now, setting stop losses using pips, I've never done that before, or using three bearish candles, I don't necessarily think that's that's the way to go because you can have three very small bearish candles and the stock doesn't really go anywhere downward. I mean, you've seen that in the broader markets and you get these like three-day pullbacks and the thing doesn't even go anywhere. So I don't think you want to just do that. That's kind of like using a trailing stop loss. I don't think those are good either. But what you want to do is look for key levels of support. And what makes it hard for something like LCA is that there is key support levels on there, but they're not very close to current price action. So the key to a good stop loss is there a support level nearby that you can place your stop loss below to where if that support level is violated, you know something has gone grossly wrong on the stock and that you need to go ahead and get out of it. That's what I do on my stop losses. So sometimes I may be in a trade and the stop loss is only like 2% away from being hit, or in other cases, it may be like 7% away. But it all depends on where is the support level is at. And so using like bearish candles or pips or, or, or anything else really doesn't work as well as just really looking for that line in the sand on a stock chart that tells you if it crosses below this level, I need to get out. But I think too, trying to squeeze out every dime out of a trade is not the best way either. Congrats on having some good profits on the trade. That's awesome. It's a winning trade for you. Manage those winnings first and foremost. Don't let those things evaporate into thin air. And if you get stopped out and this trade doesn't go exactly like you hoped, and that happens to me all the time, then you just take your money and you put it into a new trade. You find that next opportunity. And if that next stock becomes profitable, you keep raising the stop losses on that to key levels. That tells you if the stock goes wrong, you get out. And then after you get out of that trade, you move on to another trade. And you just consistently make good trades, and you do that by managing the risk. But the big thing is you don't want to put these expectations of what the market has to do or what the stock has to do for you because oftentimes the stock is not going to do what you want it to do. 
So in any case, not an expert in the SPACs or SPACs or whatever these people are calling them. I don't know much about those things, okay? And I'm not really educated in that area. So if I sound like a complete dunce when I'm talking about those things, forgive me. I'm not I'm not claiming to be an expert on them. Um, not an expert on acquisitions, mergers, or anything like that. Never worked in the M&A field. But I'm pretty good with these charts. And I do hope that what I said was helpful and that the trade continues to work out well for you. Um, I hope I hope that your trade goes right according to plan. I just what I like to tell people is be cognizant of what it might do that you're not expecting it to do. I was in eBay recently and it was in this nice upward trend. I had taken a little bit of profits out along the way, so I'm I'm doing fine on the trade, but then it had like this really bad day. It just went straight down. I'm not sure why. There was no real news driving the stock lower, but it just went down, the market went up, this thing just didn't want to cooperate. I got stopped out. I raised my stop loss. I got stopped out. Uh, it continued to go down after I got stopped out. That stock I actually thought was going to go much higher than what it did. I actually thought I'd probably be selling it, you know, well above the 60s, maybe even $70 that it was just going to, you know, continue breaking out. It was this beautiful bull flag pattern. It just fell apart. And that that's a perfect example of a good trade that didn't go according to plan. And when I say according to plan, it didn't go to according to the, the expectations that I had for the stock. I thought it was going to go much higher. I still managed the risk, managed the profits, came away with a good gain on the trade. But still, it was, it was a different outcome than what I was expecting. And you got to expect that in the market. you got to expect the stock market not to do what you're expecting it to do. So while we're in good times right now and it feels like the stock market's easy, know that at some point in the future, the market's going to do something that you're not expecting it to do. And it's going to create a trend or a new direction that you're not expecting it to take. What if the stock market starts to tank before your merger day on LCA and it pulls that whole stock down? Well, even if it gets a pop on the merger day, is it going to be enough to offset the the loss and profits that you took by being determined to wait out until merger day? in hopes that you could bend the market to your will? I don't think so. So in any case, that's going to do it for today. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. Please do me a favor. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, if it's Apple, iTunes, or another podcast app, make sure to leave me a good review. I would really, really appreciate that. A lot of you guys have already done that. That means the world to me because it does take a lot of time and effort to put these things together. And when you guys can leave me a a review. It really keeps motivating me to continue to just churn these things out. And it helps me to know how you guys feel too. Um, of course, I want them to be five-star reviews. Who doesn't want them to be five-star reviews? So uh, hopefully I've been able to earn that in your book. Make sure to keep sending me your emails. I like working with you guys. I like talking to you guys. Keep sending them and uh, we'll, we'll figure out the stock market together one episode at a time. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.